Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Custom Advisor Lead S4HANA MEE at SAP and you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. You can listen to us on all your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and OpenSAP. So don't hesitate and subscribe to us so you never miss a new episode. Today's guest is promising fun for several reasons. It is radio personality become customer experience expert Steven Spears, who is global program manager for SAP ZX and also uses his skill from his former being as a radio star to create and host the future of customer engagement and experience podcast. So what we did was to do something new. You can surely find a lot of interesting podcast resources covering the topic of experience management in a very competent way. But Steve and me dialed up once late evening, opened a beer and talked about the sometimes very abstract topic of experience management being two guys with flesh and blood, a language that you surely will understand and will help you to demystify the world of experience management. So buckle up for an episode full of personal insights, storytelling, information and a lot of laughs because that's what's going to happen on episode 22 of the SAP Experts Podcast. Hi, Stephen. Great to have you. Well, thanks, Alex. Thanks for letting me join you today. Definitely. Uh, unfortunately, we're not sitting like like face to face, but merely around 4,000 miles away from each other. <laughs> no, I, I was wondering if I was going to be the first guest you had that was not across the table from you. It you is. Are. Oh, you are. I'm honored. You are. I'm honored. Uh, I would be more honored if like, I got the budget to come over. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, <laughs> I always notice you got the nice, you know, snack and, and water bottles and all for all the guests. And I was really hoping to get a gift basket from you that provided this. So if I'm a little dry and all, it's because the, the office water machine here is not up to par with your, your guest water. <laughs> You're in Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama, if I'm correctly. Birmingham, Alabama, the pine tree capital of the USA. Fantastic. And I made that up, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm basically now here in yeah, my home office in the woods near Augsburg, Bavaria, Germany. It's snowing nice. outside. So um, it's, it's looks just like the postcard. It looks like the postcard. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Now, if you could have flown me out there, we might have had something real nice. <laughs> we definitely would have. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you have the snowshoes, too, that are like the tennis rackets, right? No, it's it's not that necessary. No. You would have to go like around one hundred kilometers more to the south, then you would be in the areas where you got like the alpine high mountains and so on. It's here. It's like the, the pre stage. It's looking a little bit like Colorado. Oh, interesting. Not, okay, uh, like um, Aspen, Colorado, more like a few kilometers, miles in front of it. Gotcha. That makes more sense then. I, I've. We're actually going out to uh, Colorado in January for my first attempt at skiing. Um, okay. So any tips? I'm I'm welcoming them. Don't die. <laughs> I was. <laughs> you beat me to the tip of don't fall because I can promise you I'm going to try my best on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot guarantee. I think I would. I guarantee you that you will fall, but um, uh, so you should not concentrate on not falling. You just. You're fair enough if you. Do not, you will just concentrate on not dying. I think oh, that's okay. <laughs> just, just don't go off the side of a cliff. Exactly. Do not, do, do set yourself goals you can reach. Oh, okay. That, that's a basic, basic rule of, of motivation. Yeah. Do not uh. go too high in the first spot. 
black black diamond double black diamond and uh exactly just, just go for it exactly be realistic <laughs> yeah that's 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 good I, I will take your advice to heart write it down and uh keep that in mind <laughs> perfect being realistic this is a this is a good topic for today um because in a certain way we're talking about this but I will not write start off with your wonderful competencies concerning customer experience in the customer experience area, but what makes you a little bit something of a special guest and uh, like talking to you is a little bit different. Like talking to other people has probably one of and probably one of the reasons. Like it's that like you have something like a past of being a morning show radio host. Mm -hmm. yeah, why, yeah. Why why did you do that? Because this basically means you have to be in a really weirdly good mood at around 5 a.m <laughs> which is a time decision. nobody should get even remotely close to me no no i i 100 attribute it to the fact that i got to i had to get up at 5 a.m but people paid me to make jokes and read the weather and tell you traffic news and then talk to celebrities uh and that was that was all i did so I was willing to put up with some of the negatives of being at up at 5 a.m. to sound like you've been awake for six hours uh, to get a paycheck based on, you know, I, I think Fridays we would we would deep fry foods for the entire show okay. and bring in guests and, and let them try and stuff like that. I mean, just things that no one should be paying you to actually do. Um, but it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, uh, my radio career. Uh, It, it ran its course, so that's that's how I ended up in this side of the world. Was had too much fried food, I was sleep deprived, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I needed to make a little bit uh, a little bit more of an impact in the world. Yeah, but but you see the difference. Like in your show, you were talking like to celebrities, and now you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you could say i've leveled down uh, i'm going backwards. I'm, i'm not sure that's that's uh i leave that <laughs> to you to judge that <laughs> no you you mentioned you, you you're the celebrity now we talked about you know when it comes to and come on to no big figures no, it's I, I, Ale I'm, alex grab and, and and the hall i'm modest my, my, my brother my brother actually is a bigger celebrity than me yeah uh, he, he's a professional drummer he's a musician he's tops and so on in his craft so really i want to keep him in, in the limelight you, you can look uh -huh. him up bennygrape.com doing a lot of clinics great drama fantastic really look him up he's he's absolutely great That's to watch cool. so so have you been able to um to live off him too just you know send some some extra cash your way and you really do this sap stuff for free Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's the goal, you know. <laughs> that's the goal. That's, the goal. <laughs> that's um, fair. But, but it seems like you, you've um, probably, you cannot be, or you cannot let go of being on air since you have your own podcast also. And yeah, it's called the Future of Customer Engagement Experience Podcast. Tell me a little bit about it. First, like, what's this podcast although it's obvious but what's this all about and, um who is it for and where can people listen to it yeah no absolutely and and you've probably seen this too of you were talking about the the bug of staying off the radio broadcasting you know you've been doing this for four or five months now you'd say half a year yes half a year yeah half so year. now mm -hmm. can you imagine a world where you know you didn't get to do stuff like this all the time it, it's it's kind of addicting you know It can be. That's true. 
can be. Yeah. yeah. So as far as what we're doing now, um, it, it's really exciting for my world because I started out in the business development side of really direct connecting with prospects um, in the in the CX world. And I was trying to think of a way that we could get in front of them and connect with them in a way that didn't seem so, so canned, so yeah. unauthentic. Mm-hmm. It, so uh, marketing's not the word, but just a real way to do it. And what we were trying to do was open up conversations yeah. about what's going on with their business. You know, what, what problems are they facing with this whole CX customer experience world that's changing? And so my thought was the best way to start a conversation would be to have a conversation about it. So uh, the future of customer engagement experience podcasts actually comes from a, a partnership with uh, an awesome site that uh, we run with uh, Jen Banzan uh, mm-hmm. around really discussing these topics that, that people are having to deal with, you know, yep. whether it's the top trends when it comes to retailers, how they're having to deal with the shakeup that Amazon's caused. Yeah. Um, really shedding light on all these topics and having a conversation on, okay, where did this come from? Why is it happening? And how can you start to figure out a way to address it? Um, so that, that's really the premise of it. Each, uh, we're starting bi-weekly episodes. So every other Thursday, you'll be able to tune in, grab it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any platform you use, and um, just, just get good insight on topics that you care about on a day-to-day basis in a way that you might not have known of any of these ideas before. Um, so that, that's it in a nutshell, two and a half minutes. You told me to keep it under, so I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the interesting thing is with, with your podcast, um, I'm not really sure um, how big your budget is in some, or even if you have <laughs> budget. a budget. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, Don't know but, that word. Yeah, but, but you, your radio show, your, let's say your professional past really shines through because it, it really at least sounds as having thank you, a thank huge you. production value with the music mixed under and so on it's mm-hmm. it's it's not even very not, not even informative it's even very pleasant to hear because this is something what you really get seldom in, in corporate podcasts that you really yeah. feel audio joy if i can call this like that yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. that. That's cool. Absolutely. It came through without me saying, Alex, I hope you can tell that I really enjoy doing this. So <laughs> um, you you did not uh, send me the check yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I didn't send the copy over either for you to plug this. So I could tell this was, you know, appreciated. But uh, no, it, it that was the one thing, too, with the way that I wanted to put it together was a lot of times when you do come across a business podcast, mm. um, it's literally, we sat down, turned on an iPhone recording button and Mm. then put it out and said, you know, people are going to love this because it's on a topic they care about. And I wanted to take a step back and say, well, no, they, they want to be informed, but everybody wants to be entertained. Yeah. Um, And so how do you do both and still make it feel fresh? And so that was where the idea of let's not just sit down and, you know, kind of talk about the subject and then put it out there. Let's chop it up. Let's add some music so that when we talk about the decline of, you know, standard e-commerce platforms, you feel it because of, it sounds like there's a war movie going on or something, you know. Um, It's more of me creating almost like a movie in your own head. Exactly. Inclusive soundtrack and so on. And uh, Exactly. 
And that's, as I said, this, this is what really is unique because so many corporate podcasts are so overly polished. And mm -hmm. you, you think like people are reading any marketing slides <laughs> or yeah. citing them and so on. And I think what, what we need much more is, is these kinds of podcasts, which are like, let's say, special and which are defining the culture of a company also. Because in the moment mm -hmm. when you send out a podcast and you are a little bit more edgy, more rogue and so on, and you show that there are actually people there. Mm -hmm. not just like Borgs or robots, like always telling the same marketing stories, then you really participate in building a corporate culture, which is, in my opinion, much more worse, like something like top-down inducted, what they want at sea level the corporate to be like. Mm -hmm. um, corporate culture is a democratic thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like done by every and each people working there. And when you do a podcast and so on, you contribute highly to corporate culture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's what I've loved about, you know, what you're doing is I, I remember when I first saw it it come out and the first promotion around it, um, I was like, Okay, well we'll we'll see what's going on here. And then the minute I heard an actual conversation that was outside of immediately going into the five reasons you should consider S4 HANA. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was a conversation and I can't remember the exact details, but it was you actually discussing yourself and details outside of, let's just give you the points. I thought, well, this is different. This, this doesn't really make sense. Is Alex, does he know what he's doing? Cause you know, people so. don't do this. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, immediately it, it lets your guard down of, I'm not being sold to, this isn't here for me to sell you. This is for me to help yeah. you. Yeah, and and provide any guidance that might be helpful, and you've done an awesome job with that. Thank you very much. Thank you. I did not expect that to be like this. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I think this this podcast will be a longer one, so yeah, we can continue exactly like oh, that. Okay. Would you like me? I I wrote down my twelve things I'm grateful for, Alex. For, so <laughs> we will make a separate. <laughs> it could be a, a Christmas episode, you know. <laughs> let's talk about CX or let's say uh, when we talk about edgy stuff, I want to throw things on you concerning CX. Oh man. Because, I, um, I scared. Some, like quotes from customer of mine yeah. who were, let's say a little bit confused about something like, uh, that new name mm -hmm. CX custom experience SAP was heavily promoting. At first, uh, one of the best was like the, the feedback, like, ah, SAP customer experience. Like, did you rename your support organization? <laughs> um, it's that simple, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's natural, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he was right. And the other feedback was like, is this something new or is this something like a rebranding? I think the need still to, to build something like a red line. What is this CX? what is in there, what is not in there. Mm -hmm. Is it something like a new brand? Is it something like a new product? Or is it something like a bundle out of already known products? I think it's so still very important. Can you give us your spin on what really SAP custom experience does mean and what mm -hmm. is not? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I'm curious what else, you know, before I dive into it, that you, like what... When you hear customer experience, what do you think? Because that's your side. 
I, I'm in it every day, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really curious what your understanding of it is and what you kind of hear a little bit more. So then I can kind of get a feel for, okay, this is really where we're at. Well, for this me, uh, how we can since I'm normally, uh, I'm coming from a, from a logistics and producing background, so I'm a little mm-hmm. bit more on the other side of the, of the, of the table. Um, I, of course, knew about uh, the, the customer or the experience economy what is all about so Great like phrase. we are living yeah yeah but but i think this uh, since we are living in such a privileged way like simply owning things is not enough anymore to us yeah mm-hmm. like like we are so so full of 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 property of things yeah like mm-hmm. just having something and cherishing the pure possession is not enough anymore we need more we need experience. So this is for me like the next level. Um, I was aware of that. And when we talk about custom experience, like when the first time I heard it, I connected, of course, it must be something like in the CRM area. Mm-hmm. And probably the mic- uh, like the combination of bringing the, and this was before Quartrix was was like, like coming up uh, into the game. Um, this must be something like like a combination of this, like trying to get something like a new parameter into the strategic game where you are maybe servicing a customer, but also you are able to get this uh, customer feedback, which may or this let's say the the it's today now called feelings. At that time, I thought a bit more like <laughs> the let's say secret feedback you normally do not get, and mm-hmm. to to be able to to grab it and becoming or so it becomes a part of your strategic management because um, you are doing so many things or we have so highly um, highly developed systems for controlling for managing our supply chain and so on but doing being the stimulus for strategic decisions which is like what is what does really a customer want or how do I get into the market? In my opinion, it's still at many companies like management by Hippo, you know, <laughs> highest paid person's opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how it's going in most of the cases still. And by being able like really to, 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 to grab this voice and to, to be, make it part of this decision support, uh, decision process, what you should do next as a, as, as a company, where you should improve or where you should try to, to improve your products, your organization, your, your processes is very helpful. So this was, to be honest, my take on that when okay. I first heard it at that time. Well, I mean, you hit it, you hit it right on the head. I mean, really. Um, and, and it's funny, you mentioned the, we, we just having stuff isn't enough. Um, because as I got more introduced to this, the experience economy term and all that, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's not really a thing. Yeah. And went on about my life, just kind of marinating on it. And I started to really realize different areas where, you know, for example, um, the grocery store I shop at. Yeah. Without even thinking about it, I go to this particular one because it's cleaner, um, the people are nicer, and they give me free samples. I'm guaranteed like three samples every time I go to the grocery store. Yeah, uh, it, It's an experience that I'm willing to pay a little bit more for. I mean, even with the way we, where we go out to eat, you know, my wife and I always go to the same Italian restaurant because one time they gave us free dessert for our birthday. You know, we don't even think about where else we're going to go to spend that money because that experience did it. And even down to, you know, when I do my insurance, yeah. um, I've got a buddy that I've known for 15 years. Yeah. And I thought about 
well, yes, I can get cheaper insurance, but when I need to call someone because my house burned down mm -hmm. um, or my car wrecked, I know this guy. I know who to trust. Yeah. And so it was this whole thing of we give people too much credit and think they're rational and, yeah. and they're not. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I remember some cases where people are like elephants. They have like the brain of elephants. And when you like, when you like have been 18, year, 18 years old and you have been like in a situation that really, sorry for that word, pissed you off in a situation <laughs> with yeah. say a brand, you probably will never forget that. No, I, for example, never. have have this one, uh, it was something like a certain car brand. I still would never buy a car by this brand. Never, mm -hmm. never. You would not get me to, to do that. Really? Uh, like, what yeah, what happened? Um, <laughs> really, <laughs> if you want to share, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, it's really, really, um, I, I was like, uh, with, um, um, with a girlfriend I had at, at that time, she had a problem with this car mm. and, um, the problem was like more of a electrical issue, like probably nothing big, but, um, mm. she experienced that this car now goes something like into let's say the 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 basis mode where you can like uh, go you have to feel like you're just your car running on two cylinders mm -hmm. and nothing really goes forward yeah. and um i i tried it and uh, i experienced also so we, we went now it was quite new at that time to to the car dealer and so on and then she tried the, the car dealer what he was doing is like uh, to to yeah, yeah. That's probably like you know probably you're a woman driving in that it went in that way in that direction which is not mm -hmm. just sexistic but also from a customer um, perspective just absolute unacceptable <laughs> and when i was like uh, trying to get hey come on i also experience i'm like um I, I can prove that this is just not something like she she is uh telling you but this is really happening he mm -hmm. then like was 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 calling and this was really, really weird. He was then calling, yeah, I, have to, I have to call with the, with the central base. And uh, then he come back like five minutes. Yeah, no, they told me this, this cannot really happen. <laughs> and then, then they uh, thought because of the absurdity of the situation, uh, we tried to get rid of this car uh, and sold it and so on. And then no showroom of this, and this is like 20 years ago, no showroom of this brand has seen me since then. <laughs> Not even a whiff of you. And exactly. <laughs> and about this ex-girlfriend of mine, probably uh, she she hasn't been there either. Yeah. yeah and I think just just that changed. one time, you know. Exactly. Completely yeah, like, changed everything. You would have probably like bought five to six cars in that time frame, and would, from a revenue standpoint, you would be probably into like the the two hundred fifty thousand euros from then on. What mm -hmm. this company is missing from revenue on from me or from her and so on just because of this bad experience yeah and yeah. so i think this is highly underestimated and um surely if we are able like to in, to encompass it and integrate it as part of our process and mm. part of our decision making to be really one of the big things which now everybody's talking about some maybe overdo it a little bit because they maybe put something in there which is not yet there mm -hmm. um, but this will probably be something which will be very naturally be part of our daily business yeah, yeah. And, I, and I mean as far as you know what encompass it too you hit it on the head there <clears throat> excuse me uh, 
with the it, it's different parts to basically address exactly what we're talking about. Um, so you've got the CX portfolio suite pillars. You can choose whatever name you want to go with, um, but it, it's really five different cloud areas to have those touch points with the customer be as effective as customized as personal and on their terms so if you broke it down it's in the five main areas of your commerce platform commerce mm-hmm. cloud uh, which would be the first kind of pillar to, to look at it from you've got your customer data cloud your sales cloud marketing cloud and then your service cloud and so the way i look at it it is in the way that i know to look at it in a in a food diagram of of a hamburger of mm-hmm. if you laid it all out you've got your patty the meat of what your customer experience would be your commerce platform mm-hmm. you know when when customers go look at your website how they shop you've got the meat of it you've got the lettuce which is the marketing that it complements what you're doing with your your commerce and then you go into your sales which is the condiments it's very important it is extremely important into adding value to that burger as well and then the service comes in with the cheese important for a hamburger and then it's all brought together by a bun which is the customer data that feeds into all of it so all these areas work together to where when you're going to shop for the car you're going to look you're going to go search at the company's website but then you may go do some other research offline you may go to the dealership and get some information while you're there and work with a sales rep, but then you still haven't made the decision yet. And so for companies to know exactly who you are at all of those points and be able to tailor their messaging, their marketing, and any type of sales offers to exactly you and your situation, it's able to do that by having this entire portfolio to work with and face a customer with. So that's, that's the way I look at it from my side of things. I don't, did that seem to make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Like, oh, to put a different name on it, like it's it's a something like a three hundred sixty degree view. Exactly. It's on it's no way. Yeah, hundred percent. And the next question, then, of course, would be like um, that's what you said very almost in a, in a side note. Why mm-hmm. does this have to be part of a cloud? That's a good question. And I, I wish I could say I made the ultimate decision to put it mm-hmm. in, in the cloud. Uh, I did not. Um, it, what I've seen is it's really the, the scalability and then the, the versatility that comes with having the offline mobile functionality. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these tools, uh, especially you're looking at sales clouds, so that includes your CRM, customer relationship management. A lot of the the way that people use these nowadays is out in front of customers, out on a route, creating service calls. Um, From what I can tell, it comes down to that ability to scale to as many users as you need, as little as you need, and then have the functionality to always have the mobile capabilities online, offline. I've seen those are the main two benefits. Um, But I'm curious too, from the S4 Honda side, what that kind of decision to go into the cloud why why do it that way well from 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 the erp side um my my attitude is always like cloud is always a good thing it there are areas where it is easier 
of course to let's say make the make the step into the cloud then in other parts it's for example always easier in areas where there is something like a common sense best practice about how a process should be how a really a standard should be and there are many lobs where a standard and a common acceptable standard is possible like for example mm. finance like hr travel management and so on and sales of course or like to say like the customer part is also mm -hmm. one like there is you should treat your customers well you should like do a b c d these are common best practices from a logistic standpoint it's sometimes a little bit more difficult because there are much more variances yeah mm -hmm. so that's some some area where the move to the cloud is uh, in my experience still a little bit lagging of course there are plenty of cases where is it's happening and where it may, may send there are of course also some cases where companies say mm, i want to keep this maybe on something like on on-premise side because like mm. in in the production area in the manufacturing and so on um the the lag i have to the cloud is 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 um, not acceptable of these milliseconds and so on. i really have to be have some something like a systems which are on-site which are directly connected even when i do something like iot industry 4.0 cases i, I need this mm. presence there from let's say an infrastructure standpoint and then connect to the cloud for let's say planning for analysis and so on so mm. hybrid systems will be probably something like the future there in that case but interesting from from, from my case i think like um this whole crm discipline i may call it like this mm. please don't kill me if this is not <laughs> oh, you just some... wait for analysts to hit you up <laughs> uh, that, that whole area crm customer upfront customer processes and so on is in my opinion very easily to go to the cloud very because you have something like common sense best practices and standards available there and of course you want then if they are there and if you are, have something like a way to easily implement them and to consume them from a user standpoint then of course sure you you take what you get and that's what's a <laughs> basic strength of the cloud yeah yeah no, i'm with you there uh, it's funny because you mentioning as well on the crm side that cx reminded you of it made you think is it crm and, and it's so it's crazy in my mind of how um how it's become so much more outside of that uh, because the CRM tool, I feel like was so, so revolutionary in the sense of now we can, yeah. we can track, we're doing the customers, you know, we can make sure that our touch points are, are a little more formalized and, and we can document and all this. And now you've come into the same type of model that's expanded into how do we create this cloud-based solutions like commerce, for example, mm -hmm. you know, it, traditionally it's been an on-premise thing. Um, and now we're looking at, okay, how do we scale that into the same type CRM model and do it for commerce and do it for marketing? Um, so it's fascinating that this transition is happening in my mind um, because I'm interested to see if it continues to be the trend in areas that haven't traditionally been cloud-based so now tell me but if 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 that if that's possible all of that <laughs> why do i still experience so still so often a bad customer experience why does it still so often so happen so often that that's a, that's a good point it's something I mean, like I, an implementation lag or what is your Opinion. I think a lot of it is um, the integrations across these different areas. 
mm-hmm. because like in the example of the hamburger, if someone threw you down just a patty, yeah. say, well, that, that's not really a hamburger. It needs the other elements. If you go to X retailers commerce site and sign up with them online and then you have to, for example, I just had my, my wedding ring. It just yeah. broke on me. I went on to the website. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Second, second ring in like two months. I kept it well, and I tried to get those rubber rings, and it it busted on me. But um, I went to the site, and they have a warranty, which is great. I returned the ring. Not even maybe twenty minutes later, I got a big uh, email about their twenty percent off wedding bands, Mm -hmm. and there was a disconnect there because in my mind, I thought. I'm not looking to purchase again when your product just broke on me. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's that having that integration across the different areas is why That's the customer experience still lags. Yeah. Because, you know, especially even from a, a sales uh, perspective, if you've got someone reaching out to you trying to sell, you know, Alex, some new podcasting equipment, and they don't know that you just went and bought uh, $3,000 worth of podcasting equipment from the company two days ago, yeah. your experience is completely shot because you're like, how do you not know that I just dropped three grand with you? That, that, that's, that's really good what you're saying now because the, the context is the thing that is missing in many cases still far too much. Mm-hmm. Like when, that's why, for example, I used that old name like CRM, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> which is not really correct in that certain way, but it, it is like treated still with so yeah. many cases like when you know like when you are buying something at amazon and then you go for example on facebook you you find immediately after that all like these advertisements for the same product you buy at the same moment on facebook like you're you're followed for for the next two days about it and you think uh-huh. about yourself like guys i've just bought that <laughs> Why are you showing this to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's crazy. And, well, and especially you not make the next step. This is useless. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like one of the things too that is really a big push and I think is, is kind of the future in the way this to be done is the, the ERP to the front end integration too because then that opens you up to whole new worlds of say the guy that comes out to fix your refrigerator. Um, whereas now your experience probably a lot of times is he's going to show up and be like, well, you called and said something was wrong. What's going on? Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to explain what's going on, the noises it might be making, things like that. Whereas the companies that get this right with the technology we have available, like the IOT, things like that, by connecting to the backend data of service histories to, you know, the, the machine even telling you this is exactly what's going on. When that service person shows up, they're going to know exactly what's going out. They're going to know when the last time you had this worked on was. And I mean, honestly, you wouldn't even have to add much other than thank you. You know, it's it's one of those that when these are all working together, it, it opens you up to an experience that honestly, most people don't even realize that they could be having. Yeah, sure. So that, that, that's the exciting part is, is to me even that the extra functionality that goes beyond just the, the, the systems you deal with up front, the reaching into the back office of the business and grabbing that information to add even more context to what's going on. 
do you think that there are, let's say, maturity differences between different industries in adopting this philosophy or technology plus philosophy? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I know it, it's different everywhere, but at least US-based, you can always guarantee that the, the high-tech industries, the software companies are always the first adopters. They're going to run through, say, you know, it's, it's a new tool for quoting like a CPQ, you can guarantee that the high-tech companies have vetted who's the real players in that space. And then the other companies kind of catch up, the manufacturers of the world, the distributors, um, slowly start to catch up. The one that's, that's wild to me um, that I've been really impressed with, and I don't know if it's the same, same on your side, is retailers now, uh, like big box stores, um, are are really leading the pack now with a lot of this technology. Like for example, we've got one uh, store here that you can go on their app and look up exactly what items are in the store right down the road. And it'll tell you how many are left of that item. Yeah. And then when you go show up to the store, it knows you're in the store and will offer up suggestions on stuff you previously bought. And I can't tell you how many times uh, my wife's texted me and said, hey, go grab this. And I'm standing there, cart full, looking around, thinking, I don't know where the hell that is. And it's just two clicks away that I can find it. So retail, I think, is has been huge in, in progressing a lot of these tools. It happens, and especially like for for people who are or husbands like who <laughs> who are forgetting to bring something and then just said i was just was wasn't available yeah, yeah yeah or i didn't know where it was i didn't or, know where it was yeah. <laughs> like, like you're you're busted right now you you cannot tell yeah <laughs> exactly there's no way and especially to the um knowing if they even have it because i can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times i'll only go to this store because there's one thing i really needed and then you show up and they're out of them And you're like, why did I even come here? So just having that functionality of seeing, all right, is it even still available right now? Yeah. Saves an experience of driving, of parking, of walking, because those are my three lower favorite things in life. And, you know, and then you're there. <laughs> but, but I think, and this is the positive thing about this, um, Things like that or experiences like that are the big chance of the cl classic retailers against like the more the, the, the more internet retailers. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they like on the defensive situation in the defensive situation for the last 10 years and say, oh, like we're losing against Amazon and Co. and so on. But but yeah. this kind of really experience, like you're there and, and it shows you where it is and like you can grab it, touch it, and you have this 360 degree experience. That's the chance to strike back. Exactly. And, and I never thought about yeah. it. It's fascinating you put it that way, that maybe the reason that they're the leaders now is because they've had no other choice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it have to be. Because we, for example, in Germany, we, we have it so that the, the classic areas where you went to buy stuff like for forever until maybe 10 years ago were the inner part of the cities. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's where you probably have whole areas where you cannot go into there by car, like in Munich or Augsburg or wherever. And then there you had the stores and then people were going there like on the evening or on the weekend and so on. These areas have really have had a hard time in the last 10 years mm. yeah, because the people buy much more through the internet and so on. And the, the normal retail stores all the time say, ah, yeah, it's, times are bad. But of course, 
if they do not develop, if they do not like adapt, if they do not find something new, why they are worse to be with it. They are in a, let's say, self-made defensive situation. If they mm -hmm. encompass that, if they use these possibilities to build something like a really on-site 360 degree experience or like these kinds of uh, interconnection with some, if, if you're not even there, if you want to know where you can find something. Mm -hmm. um, this is in my opinion, one possible strategy to win the people back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, at, one of the cool uh, examples that I've came across that fascinated me. And also it's, it's also a thing for me where I'm also in a terrified way of how do they know that much about me? Mm -hmm. But then as you get used to this, this kind of personalization, you, you really appreciate it. The example I heard was uh, it's a major sports team here in the U S that set it up to where when their team won, they could have the flexibility to see who was the guy that was the leading scorer for the hockey team that night and then pump out emails to previous customers who had bought jerseys, hats, things like that, mm -hmm. and send out an email minutes after the game was over yeah. saying, you know, exciting victory tonight. If you want to get so-and-so's jersey, here's a link to go ahead and go grab it. Stuff like that to where you're in the moment, you're still amped up from the win, and you're getting a communication based on how you may actually be experiencing the moment of the victory yeah you know stuff like that 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 if somebody's just randomly sending you a hey you should get a new jersey this week mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like you're really in the moment of gonna hit me when i may be ready to buy um it's just little examples like that that to me is exciting about where that can go to um down the road and, and it's good that you bring that example with the sporting goods because um <laughs> i know for example, one uh, company who is one of the big players in the, let's say, sporting clothing, apparel mm -hmm. industry, um, fashion and all this stuff. Like, And they are like suppliers, for example, for many big national soccer teams. Mm -hmm. And their agony always was like they're doing a lot of revenue during the big like world championships european championships and probably the same like you got when you got super bowl or stuff, stuff like <laughs> or world series and but the problem was still like they had to bet they had to bet on for example the german team maybe reaching the finals mm. or maybe some smaller nations being okay probably they will not survive like the first first three games yeah no way they make it Exactly, but and they, they they bet against that, and by this they like put they produce jerseys and, and uh -huh. they, they they like uh, put stock on it and and deliver to the stores and so on. But then, for example, like for three years ago, Germany was out like after three games. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then hell break loose scenarios. Yeah, how to react in the possible way and so on. Because like when when they went into this kind of bed, it was like one, two, three weeks minimum yeah, before the games really happened because the logistics and everything has to happen. By encompassing mm. experience data and exactly this, yeah, they maybe even if they, this is not a glass bowl, yeah, so it, it tells you <laughs> what exactly happens, but they are then able to react to make the best out of such something like a situation. It was really a big problem for them at that time where like hundreds of thousands of jerseys they produced and then dis distributed worldwide were basically useless because nobody want, wanted to buy them anymore. 
yeah, yeah. Of, of this team <laughs> which which got kicked out like after three games with that possibility yeah they they can react much better much more suitable and um lower the damage definitely mm -hmm. and, and getting up stronger for the next time and for the next challenge and learn yeah. out of that yeah that's for no, me. I, no that, that that's spot on i mean i it's funny because we we talk about why you know having that experience information even really matters because mm -hmm. yeah, we talk so much about integrating the the experience data with what's going on operationally yep. and you know I, I run into a lot of folks like all right well does that really do anything does it really even matter and uh, <laughs> my favorite example is uh, so say for example your wife came in and you're cooking dinner she walks in the door throws her shoe at you and runs upstairs and just starts crying in bed normal wednesday night for me but uh, <laughs> but I have all the operational data I need. Yeah. She walked in, she threw a shoe, she's upstairs and she's crying. Why though? I mean, did I reprogram all the radio stations to Christmas music? Was, you know, does she think I'm cheating or was she really just trying to play a game? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So having that, just the, the little extra insight into what's going on factually numbers wise, uh, it changes everything. And so, yeah. especially for like a business, you know, just knowing that inside, to me, it's the, the last kind of frontier until, um, into hitting on, because if a company can tell why, what people want and why they want it, uh, the, the company that can do that the best is going to, to thrive for years. Yeah. Cause that, that's like the gold mine is getting in people's head and knowing exactly why they do what they do. And um, then tying that to actual real life numbers, um, you've got everything you need to do, need to be successful. So basically, the age of the salesperson telling you as a customer why you want that and that to be like this, and you asking yourself why he's he's telling you this, like what the <laughs> yeah. could be finally <laughs> over. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it, it's no more the the company coming to you and saying, you know. Uh, the sales guy's like, look, Alex, um, I know that you've been looking at this brand new washer and dryer, but I know that you really, really would rather get this smaller, less efficient, and you don't really care about big features or having to wash three yeah. loads of laundry. And you're standing there like, I wish this guy would just let me buy what I want to buy. That's gone. In theory, that will be gone because they'll know Alex buys big but, washers. He's a big washer guy. But if he if he has a better logic than I do, because he he knows of course certain things about me, like about my buying behavior, about my situation, and is able because of let's say artificial intelligence, which is helping him of being let's say or bringing the best possible situation or scenario out of this, and he convinces me that based on facts on my facts not on his strategy or what is his let's say sales basket was like but but basically on my situation because he knows my situation and he's able to convince me that way i'm i'm happily convinced all the time absolutely because i i'm profiting out of that yeah but by being forced to buy out of his sales bag i'm profiting absolutely not yeah no i never looked at it that way that's interesting yeah because yeah, i mean like like i mentioned people we act like people are rational. 
I may think that this is the washer I want, but if you know me better than I do, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm easily ready to, to make a decision that benefits me more yeah. in a presented banner. So I never looked at it that way. I like that. Yeah, I think the, the homo economicus they told us about at university, uh, <laughs> either he's dead or he's never existed, but um, <laughs> probably about the real existing person which is there instead of the homo economicus. We can learn via experience management and experience data and basically you with your customer experience you are the entrance door to that mm -hmm. in this world well yeah oh sorry i gotta go grab my uh my, my computer just popped up can we pause for a, a low battery absolutely it came, out, it no came out of nowhere i'm sorry man it <laughs> i thought i was full no problem two seconds two seconds all right all right we're back recording again all technical glitches have been thank, solved, I guess. Thank you. Thank you for your consideration. My uh, Birmingham is online again. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the, the dial up that they have in the office here um, has its pros and cons. We still get the cool song and sound whenever we get online. Um, but it has, you know, the downsides of, you know, five megabits per minute. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you making time. I ran out of battery on my computer. So. No problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> It's been a great experience for you to um, to enjoy my technological issues. I like my possibility of my chances to to take a break also, so everything's fine with that. Perfect. Jump jump right into um, I think where we more or less um, left because we were talking like more general about that issue or the possibilities. Where do you think are at the moment, and we're talking like about today, two thousand twenty are the let's say use cases people can adopt most easily mm -hmm. and which are bringing probably the most value like what are like the hot topics which are not like marketing stuff mm -hmm. but really tangible bring people forward yeah I, I, to me and a lot of this is top of mind because it's been something we've been focusing on a lot um in the commerce world, uh, these use cases and top of mind things of companies having the ability to spin up and try out new products very quickly and, and have these, uh, the, these options to when your traditional company, like say a utilities provider, yeah. um, uh, they're able to own outcomes for people now. So, for example, a, a utilities provider that technically before you always thought of them as someone that you just paid your power bill to. You, you got power to your house, lights came on, no big deal. Yeah. A, a use case now that these utilities companies can do is, is kind of spin up a, a marketplace online to where they can own these smart thermostats or, or sell these smart thermostats and sell every feature that comes with the energy and utilities of your home and be a one-stop shop for your utility needs. So that's, that's one of the, it's one of the top of mind ones, but this ability to provide an online site for people to get a, a outcome from you rather than just a product. And even from the side, uh, still with the commerce is, is brands of, like your, your sunglasses manufacturers who have decided we're going to try out 
uh, I don't know, a new American flag pair of sunglasses that mm. we're just going to release for the 4th of July. There's real ability for Probably these a product retailers. which has not been there yet. No. <laughs> if it hasn't, it should be because that's, that's a hot sell right <laughs> off the market. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, retailers are really doing this of saying these American flag sunglasses we think are going to be a big hit, but we're not going to commit to completely redesigning our website to accommodate this. So let's just spin up a smaller site within it and provide this ability for you to purchase the, the sunglasses and even extend that to their retail stores if they have them of certain kiosks to where as you're in the store, you can go right there and order a pair of these American flag sunglasses that are uh-huh. in the store. Um, those are, those are real things that are happening now. Yeah. Um, and so those are kind of the, the first two off the top of my head that, that they're exciting for me because it, it allows me as a consumer, which is how I always look at it is how is this going to benefit the consumer hat? And then that always translates into how does this help the business hat yeah. that I, that I can wear as well. Um, so I most excited. Those are the first two off the top of my head. So, um, not not talking about uh, stars and stripes glasses being the the hot seller since ninety fifty one. You know you wanted to to get a pair of those. You, know? <laughs> you mean they didn't hand them to you when you came through? You know, customs. I think I, I, think I still have somewhere there from like my my stay there in, in the eighties. Uh, after them, um, but but do you think like those those scenarios? What you told they they quite often in the past have have been the touch of a little bit more project dish than products they are like possible on a platform you have to put like your thoughts into it you have to put like work into it and then you can make it possible um on a plug and play side how far are we in that direction no that's that's what i think is fascinating is the the plug and play side um, especially like I was mentioning with the, the spinning up the storefronts and stuff like that. It, it is, is, it is, there. it is here. Yeah. It okay. is a functionality mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're interested in that, it's there for you. You don't have okay. to say, we're going to try to morph what's available yeah. to this need. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really done a great job of seeing yeah. what are the things that people were doing with these solutions and mm-hmm. trying to work towards and then creating those as plug and play options. Um, which I do think is is something they've done really well. Which which remembers me um, on on um, one day we had we had a customer of mine in Waldorf and he was like doing the SAP uses SAP. How do we use our own products thing? Yeah, <laughs> and um, that plug and play thing was also what what he really interested. Like like how fast are we now and. The problem was at that case that he said, like, um, what what are you using? And it was, was showed to him. And then, of course, he asked, like, how many people do you have uh, in that areas, which are, yeah, four-digit number. Um, <laughs> while he said, like, man, I got just a one-hundredth of that, like 35 people in my, my mm-hmm. IT. But, but we still convinced him that those use cases are not just, like, for the big guys, but mm-hmm. also possible for him. Because the... We are the cloud consumation, yeah. So where you are in a certain, let's say, position where you are not really, if you consume it as a service, 
you are mm -hmm. not really there to configure or to modificate or anything anyways yeah so your mindset has to be completely different um like go there see what's in for you yeah match it with your ideas yeah mm -hmm. this is an instrument this is definitely not something of course what like uh, saves all the problems for you you mm -hmm. still need your ideas yeah, it, yeah it doesn't like let the thinking off of you but look at there what's in there match it with your thoughts with your ideas with your dreams and make the best out of it. and the possibility are limitless and endless in that way mm -hmm. yeah and I, i always attribute it to of you know if i'm ever working on my car uh every video that shows me how to change the carburetor is helpful but if i go out and say i'm going to change the carburetor I, most cars don't even have that anymore but uh i got some which <laughs> still have it yes nice <laughs> and i don't have the three wrench sizes that i need yeah it's not going to do me any good whereas on the flip side of if i have the three wrenches but no knowledge or any idea of what i want to fix yeah it does you no good so having both that is where you really hit a home run with things yeah um And that's what's exciting about it. One of the other use cases that uh, that, that just kind of came to my mind that that kind of falls into the your question of uh, these acquisitions and mm -hmm. Calidus and Gigia and and these core systems and are they part of it and all is um, the the core systems aspect, which is in a sense an Uber for your service teams, um, mm -hmm. and and this idea has has been fascinating to me of the sense of, uh, you know, service providers and, and companies, there's such a, a kind of fluctuation and when they need personnel. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's costly to train a lot of these folks and, and things of that nature. Uh, so what they do is use this platform to vet in advance service technicians within the area that have these skills needed to do the job that, say, work on, x is you know boiler maker or whatever piece of machinery they are skilled and vetted to be a good fix for this so then you as the business or even the consumer when you put in a service request they can immediately assign a rep that is already vetted and can be there in a very timely and efficient manner and the overhead is not there of keeping you know staff ready to go for 24 hours yeah um That, that's one of the UKs to me that is, is just fascinating because everybody deals with service technicians and timely and do they know what they're doing. And that's something that, you know, Uber for, for service techs, you know, who would have thought? <laughs> so when you said, uh, or you mentioned the, the, the Kalidos integration and the Giga and so on, um, mm. These are now integrated parts of CX, or are they say let's let's call it there is CX plus also different elements which are not integrated into CX and probably will not be in the future because they have something like a standalone character. Mm -hmm. um, is this now everything under this CX umbrella, or how's the portfolio in that aspect? Yeah, no, it, it is all brought in in different areas, like for example. As a, as a former Calidus guy, we didn't have a, like a nickname like Calides or anything like that, so I'm not even going to try to use <laughs> one. But uh, it, it, Calidus has been rolled into the sales cloud portion of it. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the big parts of Calidus, like the commissions platform and um, 
CPQ, the configure price quote, the intelligent forecasting and all has been rolled into the sales cloud offerings. Um, and then when you think Gigya, which is the, the customer data management, Gigya is the customer data cloud. That's, it's just a, a they slapped a new sticker on it um, with all the great work because Gigya from the get-go has been an awesome, awesome product. Um, and then the core, core system side has been rolled into the service cloud. So all of those areas and strong solutions and, and, and offerings are just kind of grouped into the overall, what are you trying to accomplish now? We'll get you there by using these tools in the tool bag. So looking for 2020, what do you think will be the hot topics in the area? Maybe more integration or more on the more innovation side or maybe both? I, I honestly think it's going to be more on the integration side. Uh -huh. I, I personally think that what I've seen from everyone's announcements and discussions is we, we ran a race and got about 200 yards yeah. further than our shoes would take us. Mm -hmm. And so now we're realizing we've got a really strong portfolio, a really strong um, set of tools to help customers get where they want to go. But they don't all mesh like they need to be to get the customers there. So I think 2020 is going to be setting everything right so that being more consumable exactly like yeah. it actually when we discuss a lot of these outcomes when we bring it in front of the customer and implement it and it goes it goes exactly how how we've discussed and i think that's everything i've seen and i'm hoping is 2020 we just we set it right yeah and then you know that'll also give time to to fully chew on the experience and operational data a little bit more and see, you know, okay, are we hitting this the right way? Maybe there's different use cases that yeah. are, are jumping out that we need to be focused on more. So I'm, I'm curious what you see too from your side, because it could I think, be different. <laughs> I, I think it's similar um, because when um, you say like, in this area, we discussed it beforehand. There were like statements last winter from executives from different companies in the messaging area of like out innovation, like what you said, like a race between companies, between tech companies and so on. The problem yeah. is when you are on that path, and I see this very critically, is that you tend also to out innovate your own customers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because they also have to catch up and so on. You have to bring them along with you. And so I also think that 2020 is the year of integration in our ERP area. It will be the, let's say, year of intelligence where it's not about new features, functions and so on, but to bring new aspects into the capabilities you already have to bring these to a new level of quality and so on so um i think this is really important now to like use this time to do things right set things up consolidate and really looking forward to yeah the positive things that are up to come yeah, I, i completely agree it's 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 an exciting thing because if if we take the time to get it all completely right uh, 
the, the people who it matters most to, which is the customers, are going to be able to do things that they had never even dreamed about or they dreamed about mm-hmm. and thought they never could do. Yeah. And that's going to be a reality if we take the time to do it right. Um, and that's what's the most exciting for me. And I'm selfish because a lot of the companies that, that we work with also affect my daily life. And if they can do these things, um, you know, I'm, I'm a happier person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and on the flip side, I can't make excuses to my wife about not finding groceries. So they're also <laughs> negatively affecting in my life in ways. <laughs> yeah, but like um, spring is coming. That's when the official roadmaps and strategies are coming, mm-hmm. um, which um, will be definitely very interesting, maybe surprising uh, yeah. in any direction, um, but definitely positively thrilling. And I'm also looking forward what's going to be inside of it. Yeah. Do you have a, uh, a roadmap announcement party every year? Um, we are working a little bit different. Like we have like three year roadmaps um, mm-hmm. where we set our, let's say our functional strategy straight because um, it's really clear what's in there, like for, for what's coming up and you still really know what's in there at the moment of the release because things may change. And this is not meaning that, you are like not able to include maybe a functionality into a release because it may happen that you find out in the road to there that it may be wiser like not to take the the right way around and thing but more the left way and Mm -hmm. so you need the flexibility even in a roadmap like to to change something last minute before a release so but you have have like a 90, 90% security of what will be in there on the, let's say, short term. But everything which is beyond that one year horizon, like two or three years, it's like where we say this will be the directions mm-hmm. we want to develop on. But this is still, of course, much less um, strict than, let's say, the short term one year roadmap because um, we all know technologies can change and... Um, <laughs> You Never might more. definitely like even on the three-year pass, uh, take a little sidestep and do maybe things different because in the way or in the time in between you learned maybe a better way to do things and then you would be not really um, intelligent if you would not yeah, <laughs> use that knowledge that, that you gained at that time and the moment. Yeah, I, I, I saw a quote earlier today uh, and I can't remember exactly who it was from. Uh, but uh, it was every strategy is never 100% accurate ever. Even the best strategies to start with, they, they always change. So you can have, feel like this is the best idea we've ever had. This is the best path we need to take. And if you don't adapt as you go, yeah. you know, you, you can run things into the ground pretty quick. Exactly. And that's what we, for example, have as, as capabilities in, in our solutions with Insight to Action, where it's not about like you have something like a fixed, almost socialistic multiple years plan and then you straight fix on it. But you have insight and you have the possibility to change that or turn that insight into action and, and go a certain way, see chances, see risks react accordingly making the best out of it and um that's what uh, in my opinion not is like the, the best capability but of, of course the best personal strategy you can have in your life of course mm-hmm. like to um maybe not look too far away live your life after of course certain principles but that, <laughs> let's say do not stick to let's say some air castles um 
in <laughs> 20 years I want to be exactly this or that. But it turns out you won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was way to kill my air castle dream there. Uh, exactly. But, you, oh, you, <laughs> you, you, you missed many beautiful possibilities and chances. And especially with corporate strategy, um, we are, these are our personal opinions, what we are we're telling now. And, yeah. Um, because we are like also like consumers in that aspect. But um, things are getting still really interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and, and this this made me think of it too more. What's exciting about the this customer experience side and the the things that it, it allows is, like you mentioned, it it kind of lets you fail better and faster. Yeah. Like these companies will be able to having this information about what people want or yeah. how they felt about a release. Yeah. It's no longer the we worked for th- five years to develop this. And we're going to roll it out and then we're just going to have to wait three years and see if it sticks. Yeah. Like, like companies now can come up with this crazy idea and you may love it, but then most of the population hates it. And then they can quickly say, okay, well, what did we do wrong? Let's yeah. fix it. Let's keep trying. Yeah. And that, that's what's the most exciting part to me is just this, it's just going to be a wave of ideas and things that, that we'll get to experience and see tested out because they can turn it around so quickly. Yeah. So that's what gets my blood boiling. And that's a bad analogy. Cut that out. <laughs> go, go back and edit that part. That's what gets me up in the morning. <laughs> Cut in there. That's and, where we need it. <laughs> uh, when somebody who, who is used to do like morning radio uh, says, that's what gets me up in the morning. Uh, this is definitely <laughs> something like a quality label. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That and uh, green tea and a little bit of speed. But... Not in that order. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, last questions. We learned about where we can listen to your personal podcast. Um, are there any other possibilities to follow you? Yes. Yes. So the, the best spot to find me in this, this podcast and, and, and corporate sense, because the, the, the other side of things is not interesting, I promise you, uh, would be through LinkedIn. Uh, just find me there, Steven Spears. As we get, uh, we've got a real big launch coming up with the podcast to kick off the more regular episodes. And so um, as we get that going, I'll be sharing all that uh, on LinkedIn. And then if you haven't done so already, go to futureofcommerce.com because that's where every episode will also be released with a um, uh, kind of a blog post to a company, you know, give you context, background on a guest. And um, I could add my Venmo account if you, you know, feel bad and want to send some money. I'm not just kidding, but yeah, <laughs> LinkedIn, LinkedIn would be uh, the best place to find it and get updates on the, the show that's coming out. Um, I'm just trying to keep my game up with Alex's LinkedIn here. Every time I get on there, I see a new post or a uh, advertisement and I'm like, man, I've got like three that I'm working on and he's put out six and uh, he, he's a marketing maniac. Ah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to keep a good balance between quantity and quality. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will say a lot of the, the the promoting will be very similar to to kind of the same fashion that you've had of you know providing insight on what we've done, and try to work in some some short audio clips, stuff like that to to get you slightly hooked on the episodes. Thanks a lot. Great. And Absolutely. by the way, we have other people than me. We call the Kim Kardashians of uh, LinkedIn. So. <laughs> <laughs> care to uh, care to name any names? Uh, absolutely not possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can promise you from my aspect, I will not 
share photos on LinkedIn of me with champagne on my back and no clothes. So (laughs) if you were worried about that, I can nix that for you pretty early. (laughs) Um, When you started to talk about this, I was slightly worried. I was starting to getting worried, but I'm really relieved that it's not really, um, let's say, (laughs) it's not a possibility. (laughs) You you were sitting there thinking, I'm going to have to unfriend or unfollow or unconnect with Steven now because no more this maybe what more of i think like uh, we got midnight here now in <laughs> well i i won't keep you up then this, this has been fun alex I, I really appreciate you having me on here and letting me promote um you know what we're doing as well um absolutely i love what you got going on here perfectly i hope you we will have you here again yes yeah. uh, the next one we're doing on site for sure definitely definitely well, has been a joy and good fun great conversation it was really funny. Thanks a lot for being here, for taking your time, and um, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.